listening to the Uloft podcast presented by United IUP, a community of college students and young adults in Indiana, Pennsylvania, who are dedicated to unite with each other and Christ to change the world around us. We hope that this podcast raises questions and answers others while ultimately starting a conversation to discover unifying biblical truth in this chaotic world. Welcome back to uh, the podcast. I say welcome back because we are in episode number two, or actually part two of episode four, technically. So um, yeah, we were having such a good conversation uh, in episode four that we wanted to keep it going. uh, And we stumbled onto something. And you know what? I've got the same people with me, uh, obviously, because it's part two. And the only change that I want to make um, to our nicknames, essentially, is Mr. I Can Do Anything uh, Michael himself. Uh, just so you know, again, he edits this podcast and I said, Hey, do I need to stop this for you to make a, to make a mark? He said, no, I can do anything. So, Hey, all things through Christ, man. <laughs> so we got Mr. All things through Christ himself. Uh, Michael with us. <laughs> Sometimes I have to check my confidence there, but <laughs> it's, it's, it really is just audio editing. I mean, I don't know if I can do anything. <laughs> he can do anything audio editing. So, um, hey, we stumbled onto a little bit of a discussion last time about uh, we started to get into identity um, and identity in Christ and understanding who God has made us to be. Um, and really, uh, if you haven't had a chance to go listen to episode four, make sure you go back and do that. Um, so that you don't miss out and so that this doesn't just jump out at you out of nowhere. But um, we essentially were just kind of talking about, um, you know, understanding how to love the things that we hate about ourselves. How do we love the person that's in the mirror um, with an agape love, with, a, with an unselfish love, with not a um, confident, I'm awesome love, but like, a, man, I even love the things that, are, that I don't like about myself because I know that God's redeeming them. Um, and honestly, it helped us stumble on to this, uh, this talk about identity. So, um, well, can you know, talk about your therapy session with Oprah, because like that, that, <laughs> that's Oprah. what really helped us to get here was you were talking to Deepak Chopra or some, <laughs> somebody really deep. Yeah. And yeah. They had you do something. So why don't you share that? Yeah. So I want to share that. Yeah. Again, that's good. Um, essentially what my, I had a therapist, um, I was going through a like super rough time, like of, of hating, literally hating myself. Like I would yeah. sit in, um, I would sit in uh, in her sessions and she would ask me like how I feel about myself. And I was like, you know what? I hate this old Kindle. Like I mean, I got it completely transformed my life. And I was like, I hate this person. I hate what he did. I hate who he was. I hate him. And so she said, okay, well, I want you to make two columns and I want you to write down everything that you hate about yourself. And then on the other column, I want you to write everything that you love about this new Kindle, about how God has redeemed you and, and write, write both of those things down. And she said on the column that uh, you wrote everything that you hate about yourself. Um, I, want you to, uh, I want you to ask God to help you to love that Kindle. I want you to ask God to, to show you um, how he has forgiven that Kindle, about how he has sent his son to die on the cross, Jesus, and to raise again so that that Kindle can be made whole yeah. into the second column. And that's what you like about yourself. And that's what you feel like God is making you and God is turning you into. And so until you love the Kindle that you hate, essentially, you cannot love other people in your life. You cannot truly understand how to form relationships because what you're carrying on inside of you, and I didn't say this last episode, what you're carrying on inside of you, 
you're projecting onto other people. The things that you hate inside of yourself, you are, you are being bitter towards other people because of that. And it's affecting your relationships. And until you really, truly understand who God has made you to be, who he has redeemed you to be, who he has redeemed you from, and you can love that person, then your relationships are going to suffer. So. Yeah. So there's two reasons why I had you repeat that. The first um, is because it marries what we came here to talk about, which is how Christ is essential for relationships, right? Like romantic, familial, workplace relationships. Like if Christ isn't in the midst, uh, it, it makes it very difficult to have a successful relationship. And we're even saying as Christians, impossible, right? The second reason I had you mention is because I like free therapy. And if I can get it through proxy <laughs> and you can repeat the exercise, I can do it later and maybe, you know, Yeah, get it cost better. me $200 an hour. Listen, but... but it was free for me and everyone listening to the pod. So thank you for sharing that free content. Sorry, Oprah, uh, or whoever you were meeting with. Yeah, no, I'm appreciative of that too. Yeah, no. $200 an no, hour. No, man. By any means. Listen, Thanks. my insurance didn't cover that. But, uh. No, so it's it's really good, right? Because we we talked about the end of the last uh, or part one, how um, loving that person you hate on the page, right? You can't love them with any other type of love than God's love, right? Because if you're loving them with, and and we we're, we're Bible nerds apparently because we're mentioning like Greek translations and all that. Um, drop the knowledge. You know, drop the knowledge. But in the Bible, we see, especially in the New Testament, that there are four different words used in scripture for love. So when you're reading in your translation, you're reading just love. And the English language is kind of weak in that regard. But if you go and you kind of peel back the onion some, that there is familial love, um, you know, there's brotherly love, there's erotic or romantic or sexual love, and then there's this agape love. And so what Kendall's talking about essentially is having an unconditional love for himself, which then is able to spill over into him being able to love other people, right? And even that has a prerequisite because we have to first accept that God loves us unconditionally, yeah. mm -hmm. right? So God loves me unconditionally. And if I choose to love myself unconditionally, I'm agreeing with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then once I love myself unconditionally, I'm agreeing with him and how he loves other people unconditionally. Yeah. Right? And I'm locking myself into what he does at every mm -hmm. step of the way. I got to first accept he did it. And then I got to agree that it was good that he did it. And then I got to agree that it was good when he did it for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, so all good stuff. A yeah. few prerequisites there. <laughs> yeah, a couple prerequisites. Yeah. 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 The question I wanted to ask you guys uh, that I wanted to turn over to y'all um, is that, uh, is there ever been a time in your life uh, where you've allowed someone else to shape your identity for you? in a relationship. Oh my gosh. And if you have done so, this is not Michael Todd's question. I actually came up with this question. Ah, so, yeah, I know. I was um, have you allowed, that, Michael Todd. No, joking. Have you, have you allowed uh, someone else to shape your identity for you in a relationship? And if you did, how did that turn out? Like how specifically? It could be a friendship. It could be, uh, it could, you know, because there's been friendships that, I mean, uh, actually Caleb mentioned it um, on one of the Unites, uh, uh, the one that he preached on that he said that, uh, even in friendships, we have a covenant relationship. Like mm. there's even a covenant relationship in friendships that, hey, I would, I am here to the end. So those are still mm -hmm. deep relationships as well. It doesn't have to be a marriage or, or a romantic relationship, but, um, you know, where is, or when has that happened in your life? Um, and what, how did it end up? Let me ask that. How did it end up for you, for the other Boy. person? When has it not happened? <laughs> 
I mean, maybe that's a great answer. Yeah. When has yeah. it not happened? Yeah. Well, so wow. the, the the thought I had first was, I don't know if anybody that's listening watch watches Parks and Rec, but yes. there's a character <laughs> named Anne on the show, and she like she's dating Andy Dwyer, who's like Chris Pratt. He's like super tubby in the show. That's fat and, Chris Pratt. Yeah, fat Chris Pratt. And so she, she, you know, they break up in the show, but she dates all these different guys. But what happens is every guy that she dates, she almost like, is it like a chameleon that, wait, chameleon's it? Yeah, that changes. Yeah, yeah changes uh-huh. like according to their environment. So she does that. So she's dating like a fitness guy. So she gets really into running and fitness, dates this like cowboy dude. And like, I feel like in a lot of my romantic relationships, especially before, well, before I was married, um, that's like what I did. I like became the person that mm. I dated. Like I had oh, to yeah. do... Everything they do, I was like really into motocross for a while. What? Then I was really yes. into fishing for a while. Like everyone that I what? dated, I became like, but it was really unhealthy because like all of my meaning came from that person. And like we talked about the last episode, like that just when they let you down, then like all of your identity is just squashed. So like I was like super into dirt bikes and then I broke up with my dirt bike rider dude. And I was like, what do I like now? Like, what am I passionate yeah. about? Yeah. And like, I just, and then once I was single for a period, I was single for probably, you know, a year or two years before I met my husband. And I really had to grapple with like, who the heck am I? What do I actually like? Yep. Like, why am I at college? Why am I doing any of the things I'm doing? Because it was all because of somebody else. And so I had to grapple with that. And luckily I had gotten saved after all these like horrible relationships. So praise God, because... I realized that like I can discover a new identity in him and that my adequacy comes from him. Mm. And now, you know, even in marriage, that can be a difficulty of like, I need to keep my like identity separate from just being married. And even being a mom, mm. like separate from being a mom, I have to maintain who Sam is in the context of Christ and not be, you know, learning from my environment and copying what the people in my life are doing. Which is difficult whenever you, that's called codependency. If you want to yeah. get real therapeutic <laughs> yeah. up in here, it's yes, called codependency. Recovery. Sure. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can attest to that, Sam. All of the relationships that I had before seeking a godly relationship, I became then. I, then I became them. Speaking's not my thing today. <laughs> I would go to the parties. I would drink. These are things I never cared to do, but all of a sudden... That was what the person I was with did. Therefore, it just so happened to be the things that I now liked. And it like turned heads and eyebrows everywhere. Just like, what is going on? Um, But the situation that I talked about in the first part of this particular uh, episode was very unique um, because the guy that I was dating at the time, very godly man, great example, but I almost idolized his relationship and like um, I idolized his relationship with God if that even makes sense, because um, I grew up not having a super solid relationship with God. And I met him at a summer camp. We were both counselors and he was probably part of what we would call a, um, I don't want to use a Christianese word like reborn again, but like during that season, he was a big part of like helping me Mm -hmm. find my identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. So whenever that particular person that helped me find that, died like Mm -hmm. a year later year year and a half i almost felt like my connection to god was gone my stability Mm. was gone the person who was holding this up and encouraging encouraging me and pointing me to scripture and showing me the right things and having this um really good human rock i guess you could say when that was gone um i had this like 
faux relationship with God, which was really, Mm. really odd. Uh, And I had never experienced that before. And it was a rough, rough period of time. So after this car accident, um, so the person's gone, right? There's a lot of meaning and um, just love and desire and future plans wrapped up in that. So that's gone. I was an exercise science major at school, and I now have a broken back and nerve damage and concussion and glass in my forehead and um, sleeping constantly, concussion, chipped teeth, you name it. So like physically, there goes that identity. There goes the confidence of even looking the part. Um, And then you had friends that started to back away from you because they didn't quite know what to say. They wanted to be loving. So Take, I was stripped completely of all things identity of my relationship with Ethan. My relationship with God didn't make sense. Physically, I wasn't what I used to be. I didn't have the same friend group. And then there was almost no care for life. So whenever you ask, um, you know, did you put something above God or idolize something above God or become the person in the relationship or just get so tied up. How did that work out for you? It worked out miserably. Mm-hmm. Like it got to the point where I had no, no clue who I was. I was asking what I liked to do whenever my like education and as far as like a future career path was taken, it was just like, who am I? What do I like to do? And do I even know God? So uh, that's the danger of it, folks. I hope and pray that you never Don't have someone one day and then not the next, and they were your rock. But that's uh, some danger. So I'll sure. give you your moment of levity real fast before we get into another deep thing. And thank you for sharing. I'm not, no, trying, I'm not trying to say you Go went too for deep. It. But me, just your moment of levity. So, like, I, I literally put my foot up on the base of the table and I looked down. And despite all efforts to make sure I wasn't ashy, my ankle is so ashy right now i mean like it looks like charcoal was scraped against my leg and so both of them wow both ankles are Get and this i sell i sell a moisturizer for skin and yeah, don't okay. you don't you the man of many i was many just yeah. like, gonna run into an ad right now listen no no, no. i will, I will advertise too. other than to say my skin now it's my, time for a commercial my skin yeah. is moisturized and conditioned but my ankles lord okay so <laughs> oh, Real quick, so I'll, I'll give you the condensed version of all of these. So, uh, because we're getting real, right? And you, you shared more than enough. So what I'm about to say is going to pale in comparison. But so my high school sweetheart, the whole reason why I came to IUP, right? Maybe, if you heard, maybe you've heard this story, maybe you haven't. But the whole reason why I came to IUP was because of fill in the blank, fill in the blank. That is her name because this podcast will be going all around the world and she'll hear it. But <laughs> fill in the blank, fill in the blank is the reason why I chose IUP. And I said to myself, after one year of IUP, if we don't cheat on each other, since everybody was just doing nasty stuff with each other in college, I said, if we don't like fall apart, I'm going to marry her. Relationship goals. Yeah. Hashtag relationship Which is really goals. dumb. Like, we so don't yeah, mess ha- up. Hashtag we don't cheat on each other the first year. Relationship <laughs> goals. Goal. And, and I'm doing oh the air, air quotes like Sam was <laughs> earlier. If we don't cheat on each other, that was my standard of love before. Um, but, but we did break up. And then I found out she was romantically involved with somebody else before we broke up. And then I found out, get this, folks, it was a lady. So, yeah, yeah, that's a bonus episode. We'll do that one day. Yeah, you didn't know it was going there, huh? So, like, my identity as a man was wrapped in the fact that we were engaging in in sex. And now, all of a sudden, she left me for, in my mind, she left me for a woman. Right. So, so like, all my confidence was wrapped in that. And she, like, took all of that with her. Like, when she took her stuff out of my room, she took her my confidence with her. Of course. It's like, that was one, right? And so, again... 
come to Unite one night and we'll talk about that. Plug. Um, another thing that I can think of is all of my male relationships, all my friend relationships throughout my life. Um, like you ladies said, where you tried to like kind of emulate or become more like your partner. Like I, will, I always found myself becoming like the coolest guy I saw in the pack. Mm. Right. And so um, that meant some really weird past during college. It meant that I was drinking entirely too much my sophomore and junior year. It meant that I idolized a guy who had a goal. Um, of having sex with one woman on every wing of every floor of every building in every residence hall on campus. And he said that. And in the moment, I thought it was cool. Mm. I didn't do it. Listen, that's exactly how it happens. We don't just spread COVID when we have that type of behavior. (laughs) We spread STDs. But I... um, I'm asking helping you on that one. (laughs) I, I thought that was cool, right? Now, fortunately, God always made me like a, a homebody and like a, a nerd and somebody who wanted to be married like since three. So I didn't do what he did, but I thought it was cool. And that could have led me down a really dangerous mm. path. Yeah. And in the last piece of where I've given my identity, because that's what you said, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. have you given your identity over to somebody else? They didn't take it. You gave it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, when I was a youth pastor, I got accustomed to all of these people saying Pastor D, Pastor D, like that had become my name. Sam reminds, remembers that season of my life. But like everybody was calling me Pastor D. And then I left that position and all of a sudden I was Donovan again. Mm. And that felt hollow. Like I didn't love myself because the pastor wasn't attached to it, which is sad. It's yeah. pathetic even. But that's where I was. And it took my, my pastor and my really good friend, Judah Thomas, shout out to local churches. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my pastor, Judah Thomas, he, we're in his living room one time and he's saying to me, Donovan, I get you probably you're struggling with the whole fact that you're not a pastor anymore, but I want you to know this. The highest place, the, the chief position, the greatest role you could have in the kingdom of God is that of son. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. And so if Jesus has the greatest position that one could occupy and that he is the son of God, and he is the first among many children. When I have a relationship with Jesus and, and that gives me access to the father, I get to call him Abba. That's the greatest role I'm ever going to have. Yeah. I never lose being a son. I could stop being a pastor. Right. I could stop working with United. Mm-hmm. I could stop being married. My wife could pass away. She might, could leave. She ain't leaving. But like <laughs> all these things could change. Like IUP could let me go. We could downsize. But my relationship and my position in God mm-hmm. yeah. will never go away. Yeah. So those are three quick ones, even yeah. though it went so quick. That's why it's so important um, to, to be so uh, dug in yeah. um, in that revelation. Because yeah. if, so say all those things happen. Say you had a Job experience, right? Yeah. <laughs> like say that all that stuff happened. Well, it's already starting, Mac. My yeah. ankles are ashy. Good. <laughs> That's the story. (laughs) I mean, if all that stuff happened, (laughs) (laughs) if you did that, all that stuff happened to you. Yeah. And you didn't know who you were in Christ. Man, shudder to think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't even imagine like where you'd be mentally. I mean, and so you'd give up. Yeah. And that's what's so sad is that so many people across this world. Maybe just one of those things happen. Yeah. Maybe just just even the least of those things yeah. happen, and we don't know who we are. And so what happens is we, oh man, I just lost literally everything. Yeah. Who even am I? Yeah. I have no hope. I have mm. no future. Mm-hmm. I am completely in the dark. Mm-hmm. I am no one. And it leads to depression. It leads to fear. It leads to anxiety. It leads to suicide. It mm-hmm. leads to um, you know, social disorders. Like I mean, mm. these these things that are running rampant in our culture right now 
our identity crises, mm-hmm. our crises, yeah. right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that, that's exactly what it is. It's yeah. because we don't know who we really are in Christ. Yep. Even, yeah. even people who believe in Jesus. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit uh, for me real quick. I'm not going to get into the whole story because Michael starts to share. But um, uh, for me, even as a Christ follower, mm-hmm. even as I've been in church since I was a day old, mm-hmm. I was uh, saved when I was 19, for real, that time. I thought I would say when I was five. I was just joking. Mm-hmm. Um, I was saved for real when I was 19, like really trying to live out the life that God had for me. And I still didn't know who I was. Mm. Like I had confessed with my mouth and believed that Jesus Christ is Lord, but I didn't yeah. believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that I am just like Jesus to God at that mm. point. That, right, you know, like, right. And I think that we miss out on that so much as there's people even in the church who don't know who they are. Yeah. And if, if they don't encounter that revelation that I am a son or a daughter of the most high God, and that mm. is the main thing about me, that is the only thing that even matters about me, um, man, they are, left, they are left to really deteriorate mentally and relationally. Mm-hmm. And, and that's such a sad thing. But um, Michael, I want you to share real quick because you were about to put the microphone up to your mouth and then I stomped all over that and talked. So that's <laughs> no, okay. So based on what all has been laid out, this is how it looks to me. I think almost all of our positive emotion comes from observing ourselves moving in a desired direction, mo- moving towards a goal. It's, it's about observing yourself making progress towards your goal. And you know that because if you achieve the goal, then you don't have a positive direction if you don't have another goal to follow. So Mm -hmm. you just sort of come to the end of that goal, right? So you get sort of annoyed and upset when something gets in the way of your path towards that goal. But if you take away the path entirely, if you take away the goal entirely, then you're sort of directionless. And if you strip someone of positive emotion, then all they have left is the negative emotion, which always sort of resides in the background, anxiety, fear, depression, etc. So there are many things which contribute to the development of your worldview, of, of your identity. But I think that three of the most important questions are this, where am I from? Why am I here? And where am I going? And so one really practical thing that you can do to answer those questions is to just read your Bible. And, mm-hmm. and you hear it all the time, you know, from pastors and in church to read your Bible. But the practical benefit of that is that you will interpret your identity and your experience in light of God's story for you rather than in light of the story you're telling about yourself to yourself. Yep. And that's really important. And you can tell that's really important. Here's an example of why that's really important. Imagine you're at the gym and you're working out and you feel a lot of pain in your muscles and you're breathing hard and all the rest, right? A really intense workout. You can feel that pain and not have the negative emotion associated with that pain because you know where you are, you know why you're there, Mm -hmm. and you know why it's happening to you. But if you just wake up in bed one morning and your muscles are burning and your heart is racing and you can't catch your breath, you would call 911. Mm. It's the same exact sensation, but the only thing that has changed is the context surrounding it. And I think that the things that we experience in life operate under that same principle that if we tell ourselves the incorrect context. So, so for instance, if you don't have answers to those questions, where am I from? Why am I here? And where am I going? Then you're going to be very likely to assimilate with somebody else, with somebody else's answers. Mm, And that's that idea of taking on the identity of somebody else. But if you have bad answers to those questions, okay, incorrect answers, inaccurate answers, answers that aren't consistent with truth, then you're going to experience extreme pain over things that are nonsensical, that that shouldn't cause you extreme pain. I think this Mm. is in part why people have become so sensitive. 
mm-hmm. and and so trigger they they become triggered so easily because the way that they're interpreting their experience is causing them pain that is undue and they mm. can't escape that pain because mm. they don't know why it's there. Right. Any more than you would know why it was there if you just woke up in the morning and you, and you had all of the, the workout pain mm. because you don't have the context. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important that you answer those three questions properly. And the faith-based presupposition is that the Bible gives you the correct answers to those questions. So I would mm. encourage anyone who's listening to this to read it and to interpret your life in light of scripture. So Mm -hmm. if somebody does something really horrible to you or hurts you, you could say, well, I'm just fundamentally broken and I'm irreparable and there must be something that can't be fixed about me and that's why this person has hurt me. But if you understand scripture, then you know that all have fallen short of the glory of God. You know that you can expect that, that sort of reaction from the people around you and people to hurt you that way. I think it's really important to interpret your existence and interpret your life in light of the correct context. And the Bible gives you that context. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we see in the very beginning of the word of God that says that we were made in the image mm. of God. And that doesn't mean that we, uh, that we look exactly like him from a visual standpoint, mm-hmm. but that means that we were made, we were created to carry his image, to carry his kindness, to carry uh, his, his favor, to carry his blessing, to carry his traits of patience of, you know, mm-hmm. in, uh, in the part one you read in first Corinthians, you know, 13, the love chapter, love is patient. Well, God is patient. God is kind. God uh, has peace. You know, um, God is, is understanding, you know, God is loving unconditional and we were meant to carry those things. So that, I mean, it begins right then and there that we were created by God for God in his image. Mm -hmm. And we see it all throughout scripture. I mean, all throughout scripture, we see, um, we see multiple times in the epistles that talk about how, um, everything was created by Jesus for Jesus through Jesus. And if everything was created by him, through him, for him, to him, then that means that we in fact are created. We are a part of everything. Correct. Mm -hmm. And I love, um, this is one of my life verses that honestly has been one of my centering verses on reminding myself who I am in Christ. And in fact, I told somebody this the other day, and we're probably going to have to finish up on this one, but um, I told somebody this the other day, they were struggling with their identity. They were struggling with, um, man, they had essentially a Paul struggle. Paul in Romans says, "Um, I don't understand myself. I'm doing what I don't want to do. What I do want to do, I can't do. Um, You know, how is it even possible for me to live this life? Um, You know, I hate, I hate this. I hate what I'm doing. Um, and I don't even want to do it, but, uh, thank God that Jesus Christ saved me mm-hmm. and yeah. that enables me. Right. So I yeah. was talking to him about that cause he was really going through that struggle. And I said, Hey, one thing that I've noticed in my life, in my identity journey, um, cause I, I, I'll tell my story later another time, probably at a unite. Um, but I lost everything, literally every single thing I didn't, I lost, I had two jobs. I didn't have a job anymore. I, I was, I was a pastor. wasn't a pastor anymore. I almost lost my family. I was homeless. I didn't have anything to my name. Um, and, uh, essentially, uh, this is, this is the moment where God met me and, uh, Galatians are where really where I actually came to God the right way. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Galatians two twenty says this, I discovered this about a, about a year removed from that. And it's been my centering verse. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. Mm-hmm. I shared in his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Mm-hmm. The life that I now live in the body or in the flesh, I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God who loved me and who gave, or who gave himself up for 
me. And that verse 21 says, I do not ignore or nullify the gracious gift of the grace of God, his amazing unmerited favor. For if righteousness comes through observing the law, then Christ died needlessly. His suffering and his death would have had no purpose whatsoever. And so it talks about essentially what being crucified with Christ means. But I love that imagery of it's no longer I who live. Mm. I've been crucified with Christ. I don't live anymore. It's Christ who actually lives in me. And this for me is like, when I start to veer off the path a little bit, when I start to forget a little bit of who I am uh, one way or another, if I start to hate who I am or if I start to love who I am a little too much, like, um, you know what I'm saying? Like if I have a little too much confidence in me um, that becomes arrogance, I have to remind myself and center. And I believe the Holy Spirit whispers again to my ear, Hey, remember Galatians 2.20, you don't, you're not even, you're not even living right now. Like, you know, Mm. Christ is the one that's living in you right now. And Mm. Christ doesn't do this. Christ Mm. isn't arrogant. Christ doesn't, Christ doesn't go down this path. Christ doesn't hate people this way. Christ isn't anger, doesn't get angry in this particular way. Uh, Christ, in fact, loves this way. Uh, Christ does not think of himself um, as higher than anything. In fact, he even laid down his deity so that he could show humanity how to live uh, according to God and through his spirit, right? So, or by his spirit. And so this is something that has helped me a ton. And it, it reminded me whenever you said, Michael, that, hey, we've got to go to the word of God to know who we are. Because if we don't know who we are by the word of God, then we will absolutely just uh, fall. We, we can't answer those questions, right? We can't answer where am, uh, where am I from? Why am I here? And where am I going? Mm-hmm. Well, this for me, Galatians 2.20 answers that. I'm here because I have been crucified with Christ. That means I have put my trust in Jesus Christ, that he is the Lord of my life. I've confessed in my mouth, believe in my heart that he is God, that God raised him from the dead so that I can be saved. And because of that, because of that, and I've put my trust in him, I share in his crucifixion and therefore share in his resurrection. And it is Christ that is dwelling inside of me that gives me a hope for a future that allows me to trust him, that allows me the opportunity to live by him. In fact, in 2 Peter uh, 1.3, it says that God has literally given us every single thing that we need to live according a spiritual life according to his calling. And it says, and we do this by knowing him. Mm-hmm. We do this by knowing God. And the only way that we know God, the only way that we really know who we are, in fact, is to be in God's word. Um, there was a quote, and I'll probably mess it up. I can't remember who it was by, but it basically said, um, that uh, it, I'll give you the gist of it at least. So uh, I just, a quote reminded me is that um, in order to, in order to uh, know God, one must know himself. And in order to know himself, one must know God. And, um, and that has been something that stuck with me so much because if I really truly have an understanding of who God really is and, and his character and why he made me and why I'm here on this earth, then I have a better understanding of who I am, which in turn makes me want to worship God more, which in turn makes me thankful again for who he made me, which in turn, like, it's just this infinity loop and it's a beautiful thing. So not to be confused with the infinity stones. Um, One of the few deep quotes I have, um, and it kind of parlays with that is I think from A.W. Tozer. And it says, what comes into a man's mind when he thinks about God is of the most importance or it's Mm -hmm. the most important thing. Um, And so that that's where it is. Right. Like, Like what you think about God shapes everything else about you mm-hmm. um, and if he's fake for you good luck yeah, yeah. your circumstances right? will take over yeah immediately yeah. yeah your circumstances and your feelings will will Ooh, everything those are dangerous that's things. A, that's, <laughs> a, that's a different episode but, yeah yeah you know, so. I'll add just one i don't know quick... we could do part three four five but <laughs> no, yeah no. Go I'll ahead, add one so. more scripture because mike's right like if you don't know what the truth says it doesn't matter 
honestly, even what a therapist says or what a friend says. And right. for yeah. me, like what I turn to a lot um, is in Second Corinthians 3. It says, uh, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who also made, made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, mm. not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills and the spirit gives life. And that for me is what I turn to of like, when I feel completely inadequate and that I can't do anything correct or be the right person or even be a good Christian or whatever, my adequacy is not from me. It's from Christ. Um, so yeah, that's Second Corinthians. Look it up. It's good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, so um, if you have any questions, this is actually something we haven't done uh, before, but if we, again, we say we want this to be a conversation. So if you have any questions about anything we've talked about today, or you want to go a little deeper um, on any one of these episodes or want something specific we talked about, then you can email us at unitediup at gmail.com, unitediup at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram at unitediup and DM us there um, because we would love to have a conversation with you. This is not just us talking to you. Um, this is us talking with you. We, that's what we yeah. want. That's what mm-hmm. we want for our U groups. That's what we want for our Unites. Uh, we don't want it just to be one person telling you how to live. Um, and then saying, okay, now go do it and figure it out. But we want to have this conversation of authenticity, of vulnerability that says, hey, we're all, we're all in this boat together. We're all yeah. trying to figure this thing out. Um, you know, and, and we want to do that with you. So if you have questions um, or you want us to go a little deeper, man, reach out to us because we would love to hear from you. Or if you just have anything encouraging to say or <laughs> whatever, like, or want us to pray for you or anything like that, uh, reach out to us. And if you're in the Indiana PA, area and by area i mean in pennsylvania at all uh then <laughs> and you're willing to make a little drive uh man you can come visit us on a unite tuesday nights 727 uh in the india indiana theater um on the uh, on philly street in fact the closer of this uh episode is gonna tell you that too so now you're gonna get a double dose come to unite i think it's your that's what we're trying to get at here so (laughs) we want to meet you in person but hey thank you guys for hanging out with us for part one and part two um of our relationship goals series so uh hope to see you guys in person sometime and hope to hear from you on our email or our dms have a great week Thanks for listening to the ULOC podcast presented by United IUP. If you would like to join our community, visit unitediup.com or follow us on Instagram at United IUP. United meets every Tuesday at 727 p.m. in the Indiana Theater located at 637 Philadelphia Street in Indiana, PA. Come live United.